when you enter into a blended family, it's like you're jumping onto a moving train. It's at full speed. <laughs> and literally those first couple of weeks after I moved in uh, and into Brenda's home, and now it's becoming our home. Uh, I mean, literally within a couple of weeks, I looked at her and I remember we went on a walk and for some reason we got separated and it was like, uh oh, she was mad. I was like, oh no, what did I get myself into? And now I'm in this house with these strange kids and I'm my kids are kind of somewhat alienated for me and all of a sudden I'm feeling really isolated. Welcome to the Family Life Blended Podcast. I'm Ron Deal. We help blended families and those who love them to pursue the relationships that matter most. And why do we do that? Well, because we're trying to make your home a better place. And in so doing, we think we're going to try to help the world be a better place as well. You know, we love telling authentic family stories around here. And today, we have one. So stay with me. We'll get to my guests in just a minute. If this is your first time listening to the podcast and you're not familiar with Family Life Blended, let me just tell you, we're the largest blended family ministry in the country and likely in the world. We've developed numerous resources designed to strengthen blended families and to equip those who are leading local ministries to blended families as well. We have resources you can listen to, watch, read, or lead. <laughs> A dozen books and resources for groups, uh, eight different video series you can go through, online courses, live and virtual events. And if you're looking for help, uh, we have an international referral list of counselors who have gone through my training in step family therapy. One of them is one of my guests here today. We also maintain a free searchable map for churches who have classes or small groups for couples and blended families or churches that host our annual Blended and Blessed live stream. Again, feel free to take advantage of all of this. You are not alone. That's the thing we want you to know. You are not alone. You don't have to do this by yourself. We would love to help. The show notes will get you connected to all of this and more. I want to make sure we get this on your calendar. Our next summit on Step Family Ministry is going to be Thursday, October 12th, 2023. It's a virtual event this year, which means, which means you get to just stay home and be comfortable. This is our ministry equipping event for pastors and lay couples who want to minister to blended families in their church or community. Again, the summit on Step Family Ministry, Thursday, October 12th, 2023. Okay, Gil and Brenda Stewart are no strangers to this podcast or to our Family Life Blended events. They are good friends. They're wonderful counselors, coaches, and blended family speakers. They live just north of Portland, and they have seven children between them and a growing number of grandchildren. I highly recommend their book and their video series called Restored and Remarried. And Gil also has a video series for stepdads that we've talked about before on this podcast. You can find that on the Step Family Network Gil and Brenda, welcome back to Family Life Blended. Hello, nice to be back. Always a pleasure. <laughs> it's good to have you guys on, friends. I enjoy our time, and it's always good working with you guys. So, got to get this straight. How many grandchildren do you have at this point? Well, as of right now, it's 9.9. .9. Oh, we're close to 10. Yeah, Huntley comes next week, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll All be right. at number 10 next week, so excited about that. Yeah. Yes. That's pretty cool. Number 10, we're yeah. we'll be praying about that birth and hope everything goes well. Oh, How yeah. long have you guys been married? 20 years uh, and a couple of months and a couple of days and about five hours. So, yeah. <laughs> so now we say we're married almost 21 years. Almost 21 yeah. years. <laughs> 
That's good. Gil, I'm surprised and and really disappointed that you didn't know how many seconds that you had been married. Well, that's your game here, right? <laughs> that's the case. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Bunch of grandchildren, uh, 20 years, almost 21 years of marriage. Yeah. Let's go back to the beginning and let's just jump into your story because I really think this is going to serve our listeners really well. How many of your seven children? showed up at your wedding three my, three my four seven. yeah my four did not come um mm. two of them were really as we look back on it in a great deal of pain mm. and two of them almost came but because of what i would refer to as some modified parent alienation did not come okay let's back up and unpack because i know that there's more to the story than that and really i just want to start with the two of you i mean this is a story we hear in our ministry from time to time uh, it seems to be a lot of people who had adult children when they got married that some of their adult children didn't show up tell us a little bit about the ages of your kids uh what you were anticipating happening on the wedding day and then walk us through the disappointment. I, I can only imagine that you felt when you discovered they were not coming. Yeah. Well, the ages of the kids uh, on our wedding day, which was back in 2003, January 25th, to be exact. <laughs> what time? The ages of the children at that time were 22 to uh, about 10 and a half. Mm. And so at that stage in time, uh, anticipation and the hope that they would all share in that moment was a big uh, anticipation. And, and not that we laid a lot of expectations upon them, but the doors were open and three out of the, out of the seven came. And I just assumed that they would all come because what a great event to celebrate because <clears throat> we found love again. So everyone else is supposed to just be happy, right? Yeah, no. Yeah, no. no. So you you didn't have any warning that they might not be there? Uh, the older two. I think the older two, we kind of had the inclination that they weren't going to come. That My two youngers at that point, I, I really was expecting them to be there until the last minute they didn't show up. And mm. that really, it broke my heart because it was like I wanted them to be a part of it, but because of stuff that was going on in the background, they didn't come. And, you know, in that moment, it was a great disappointment on my end. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, my parents were there, my brothers were there, and my kids were not. And here was this great moment that we were going to share, but all of my kids were either in confusion or in such pain that they couldn't come or wouldn't come. Mm -hmm. And that was really, really sad. Yeah, I'm sure you had a, a lot of grief over that. You must have been so conflicted, happy in one part of you and yeah. deeply sad in another. Very bittersweet. You know, while I waited in the the off office to, you know, step out and see my, you know, new bride coming down the uh, the aisle with her dad, which was really a whole other dimension of the wedding because her first wedding, her dad wasn't there. Hmm. Her second wedding to me, he was because I asked his hand for her uh, marriage to me and his response to me when I called. I mean, I was in my 40s. Brenda's was in his 40s. And, and you know, I called Brenda's dad and said, I'd like to marry your daughter. And his response was, well, she can make up her mind. What are you asking me? And I was like, well, I want to honor you. And it was the beginning of I want to start this thing off right. Yeah. Huh. Brenda, okay, you said you were surprised. You expected that they would be there because 
Why wouldn't they want to celebrate with you? Right. Do you remember what you what emotions you went through? Oh, confusion, hmm. disappointment, feeling like um, we were undermined, and that the hmm. kids were being told things that were not true, and that at one point, you know. Even Gil's daughter, who was a ballerina at the time, we were just having fun of what she would wear and she could come down the aisle and dance and, you know, we we're having fun with it. And to see things switch so hard and so quickly, yeah. um, we knew that there was other influences that we had no control over during that time. I want to fast forward and just tell our listener, we are going to get to a different story. This is going to turn out differently. And really, sometimes... Apparently, you can have a second chance at having your kids at your wedding. And we'll tell you what we mean by that in just a minute. But I, I just want to go back and, okay, so there's all this confusion and disappointment and uh, bittersweet going on for the two of you. How does their absence at your wedding impact the beginning of your family journey? And let me add also another whole layer to this is my guys, I have three boys who came we're just as confused. It's hmm. like, well, how come Gil's kids aren't here? Yeah. I don't even remember what we said because we were still in shock. Yeah. Well, it, it was like their choice. We can't force them. There's other things that are out of our control, but we're so glad you're here yeah. and such. But yeah. Well, yeah. I forgot about that layer. <laughs> there were lots of layers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Lots of moving parts. Because as your question goes, we start off in our new blended family. We're married. We're excited. Uh, much, you know, many people have heard me say this before is, is that when you enter into a blended family, it's like you're jumping onto a moving train. It's at full speed. <laughs> and literally those first couple of weeks after I moved in uh, and into Brenda's home, and now it's becoming our home. Uh, I mean, literally within a couple of weeks, I looked at her and I remember we went on a walk and for some reason we got separated and it was like, oh, oh, she was mad. I was like, oh no, what did I get myself into? And now I'm in this house with these strange kids and I'm, my kids are kind of somewhat alienated for me. And all of a sudden I'm feeling really isolated. Mm. Wow. Scary. It was really scary, mm. but it was like, okay, hey, we, we signed up for this. It was trust and honesty. It was commitment. We're in no looking back. We got to work. We had to get to work to start blending this thing and building a marriage simultaneously. Brenda, do you remember you and your sons and their confusion, uh, your confusion about why his kids didn't show up? I mean, where does that leave you? I mean, stepmom to four children who didn't even come to the wedding. I think at that time, I didn't really take it personally because I knew their story and what they were going through. They were just in so much pain. Hmm. And I was probably more sad because they couldn't be a part of it. And I was very protective of them. Like we had one wedding picture of us, I think, in our bedroom, but I didn't put any out in the house. And mm. early on, we didn't really talk about the ceremony or anything when they were around because I just I was so sensitive. It's like, do they want to know? Do they not want to know what I didn't want to hurt them anymore? So um, and that progressed through the years to be much more positive. But early on, I was just trying to protect your guys because I, I just felt yeah. like they really did want to come and their hand was forced not mm -hmm. to come. Yeah. I really appreciate the fact that you held out on that because that would have been like putting salt in their wounds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I forgot to tell you, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. It's never too late, right? <laughs> yeah. 
never too late. Well done, Gil. Way to go, man. <laughs> okay, see. so it's 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> Down to the second. Hey, okay, so Brenda, um, how insightful of you, A, to not take it personally, and B, to see their pain. Now, I, I'd love for both of you to just talk around that for a minute. Because most people, when we're hurt, uh, when we're disappointed, when we're shocked by something, we do take it personally and we don't see what's going on with the other person or what's behind their behavior. We just see how it's impacted us. What's the message that you would want to give to a step parent who's listening and maybe wrestling with something like that? Well, let me, for my sake, let me just say for clarity, I'm 20 years past it. So I'm looking back. Okay. So okay. Right. I, I do remember feeling that that pain for them. But that's not to say that as our family grew together, that I didn't take stuff personally, mm -hmm. especially because I realized that I was a different woman than their mom. Hmm. And the way I interacted with them is the way I interact with my kid, with my boys, which was different. So they didn't, didn't know what to do with me because I like just hmm. a lot. <laughs> so I think there are many times. And at one point I actually had to take a step back um, mm -hmm. because I felt like my heart was being trampled on. Mm -hmm. um, and I think I maybe said to you, Gil, I'm not going, unless Jesus comes or I get hit by a truck, I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying at that line of reconciliation, but I have to protect my own heart. I can't keep putting myself out and getting stomped on. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So I think there is a season of that. But I think by you saying that, Brenda, was the fact that because of what we had gone through in our divorces, we had both experienced abandonment, betrayal. I, I mean, just humongous amounts of pain and just stuff that brings hurt out and wanting to lash out, but you didn't. And I think that was the very thing that established us was hmm. we're not going anywhere. I trust you. That was the equivalent of saying, I love you with all my heart. Well, yeah, I know you love me all my heart, but can I trust you? Well, the fact that when the pain came, you didn't run. And especially with the pain that the kids were going through, we had to stick together. And the fact that you made that comment and knowing that my daughter was and my kids, because everybody was in pain and confused. Where do I fit? How do I belong? Yeah. We didn't know what was going on. All we knew was, is that if we stuck it together and kept each other's back, we'd make it. Yeah. And it was amazing because every time something would come up with one of the kids and we're like, what? <laughs> this doesn't make sense. What is going on in the other house? What is mm. being said? What, you know, and we get the conversations would just oh, get yeah. really intense and it never failed, Ron. I felt like the Lord gave us the information that we needed when we needed it hmm. every hmm. single time. Right. You mean you got so, enough that helped you be able to sort of see between the, read between the lines and figure out how to move forward. Right. How to get the insight. Because, you know, like you said, when people are hurt, they lash out. Mm. But I think my comment to couples now, looking back, like you said, 20 years behind, if you feel like lashing out, do everything in, in your power to stop yourself. Because by so doing, you will probably mess up things more and have to then unravel stuff more because now you've created more pain. So it's like if you're in doubt of doing something, don't do it. Yeah. If you're in doubt, stop. <laughs> you know, if it's not out of love, don't do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's I good. I think looking back too, I would I would tell my other, my younger self, I guess, younger stepmom is stop overreacting. Hmm. 
it's like, okay, is this uh, season that we're in? I mean, how, how am I going through it? And what am I saying and doing? How will it impact my relationship with my kids and with us five minutes from now, five months from now, five years from now? Is this really worth getting my panties in a wad? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> getting so upset. You know, is it really worth it? Keep it raw. It's like, mm-hmm. come on, let's just yeah. bring it down a notch. Yeah. Which is hard because we get our yeah. emotions get the best of us, yeah. right? Yeah. Exactly. And and you do feel like there's so much writing on those moments, and you know it it does build on you. So it, yeah. that's difficult. And and having that twenty year perspective, obviously, is helpful. Okay, so I want us to do that. Fast forward twenty years, a few months ago, maybe a year ago now, you guys decided you wanted to renew your vows. Yeah. I believe on your twentieth anniversary. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you wanted to invite all the children to join you for the renewal. So I, we just got to ask, so did you have some apprehension about inviting them or had things changed? We were so excited because over the 20 years, we just kept investing. My comment with respects to my own children to build forward was to, as I would say it, pursue their hearts. Mm-hmm. And my own stepsons uh, to pursue their hearts, even though inside of me that created a lot of things internally, which, you know, I kind of talk about in one of the video sessions that I do about reverse betrayal, but that's not the point. The point is, is that we looked at this 20 year anniversary as an opportunity to do a renewal vow and to have everyone present. Everybody was in when we put the word out, like, here's what we want to do. And literally, we started that process two years ago to say, let's plan on this. Well, and if I can say, Gail, do you remember when your kids came back and apologized that they didn't, like how, I oh my goodness, yeah, I mean, it, we were in maybe year five or six, just to give perspective. And again, as we've learned from you, Ron, and the material, you know, the blending process takes anywhere between four to seven years, even mm-hmm. if you're doing everything right. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. in those first four or five years, there were still many change opportunities for engagement. And some of them still resisted, but we did not unpersist. We continued to persevere their hearts. And so you know, probably year four, five, six, seven, maybe even eight or nine, each one of my children now that were adults literally came back and apologized with tears to say that, Dad, hey, we're sorry that we weren't there. Your biggest moment where things were changing for you and for our family, we were, uh, let's just say they used a lot of different verbs and adjectives, um, (laughs) that we weren't there. And the most sweet probably was for my two oldest sons yeah. uh, because of, you know, where they were at in their walk uh, as young men and, you know, just way more story than this time gives. But just the fact that they one by one came back and apologized and uh, re- recognized that what was being established here was restoration through our remarriage, mm-hmm. as well as establishing legacy and heritage for them of which hopefully they will build on as we get old (laughs) but yeah it was a there was restoration that took place in those earlier years and like i said we just persisted even though sometimes like oh man this is is this ever going to change in the midst of all the hassles that they were having to deal with because of my you know because of the other parents you've mentioned that a couple of times that the other home was an influence 
over them not coming to the wedding and whatnot. And don't know how much you can share about that. But I guess really what I'm wondering is as your kids' hearts changed and they softened and eventually even apologized, what over time did you come to see was was the pain that kept them from showing up? I, I imagine it's a number of different things, but was there something kind of at the core of that? You and I have talked about this over the years and literally from stage at one of the, the summits a few years ago of why the divorce took place. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know maybe you can reference that later on, but I don't share it very often, but with the audience today, I'm just really going to be bold. You know, my first marriage ended because my, my first wife left me for another woman. Mm-hmm. And not only did that blow a hole through my chest as my own masculinity was completely decimated, but my children literally were submerged under so much confusion and demand upon them accepting their mother and her partner mm-hmm. uh, that it, it's just too much to go into. So the confusion and the pain of how do I love my children when they are in such turmoil and turbulent waters, as well as build a new marriage at the same time, mm-hmm. I felt like uh, that without the power of the Holy Spirit and just God's grace, there would have been no way any of us could have survived. No. And so the hearts were mending and, and, and being put back together again. So when this uh, vow renewal took place, it, there was so much uh, redemption yeah. and uh, joy, even though on their faces, they were all kind of like, wow. So in one way, I, I could sense that they were um, kind of feeling guilty. I mean, this is, I don't know for sure, but I could kind of look at them and go, were they feel, you know, we missed the first one, but we're here now <laughs> and we're not going to let you down this time, dad. But, you know, in light of what they went through and they're having to accept uh, and, and you know, really have to engage with still, you know, because I, I never told them to stop loving their mom. It was like, love your mom. You know, she's always going to be your mom and and uh, to respect them in that. And, you know, even as I was thinking about it, I, a couple of times because of my own hurts. In those early years, something would get said. And, and honestly, I I lashed out. Mm-hmm. And it was like, ooh, I got to go back and fix that mm-hmm. and, and heal mm-hmm. that. And that still plays into this very day of areas of their life and my life as, as children and father that, you know, God is still bringing healing. But here was this renewal. And it just was such a sweet moment of redemption because we had chosen to the best of our possibilities to love well. Guys, don't you think it's so important? You mentioned lashing out earlier, Brenda. You talked a little bit about, you know, it's some things you did take personally and, and it was really hard. It's so important to repair those things, to, you know, lead with humility and be broken about it. You know, when a family is trying to come together and figure out under what expectation do we relate to one another and how do we do this thing called family here in this particular home that when you lead as an adult to into an apology you're helping to define hey look around here we make mistakes we own up to it and we seek forgiveness from one another i mean that that has to be something that in the long run brings more good than any awkwardness at, at the moment 
Yeah, because it lays a foundation for safety. Mm. And I feel safe enough in this family environment to mess up, to be humble and ask for forgiveness or extend forgiveness. And that's just really important, especially even with adult kids. You know, so many people think, as you know, that, oh, my kids are adults, so it's not going to be an issue. No, it'll be an issue. (laughs) Yeah, it'll be an issue. That's just kind of one of the things from our material that we came up with rebuilding the wall. Because when Mm -hmm. you think about what Nehemiah went through, he was rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem out of what? Rubble. I mean, complete decimation. And that's how we felt like we were rebuilding. And so when we were sharing that with other couples, we thought, hold on a second. We need to share this with our own kids because we're rebuilding the walls of our family for them, just like Brenda said, for them to feel safe and to say, hey, we don't want that wall to become between us and you anymore between us and our marriage. Uh, but you know, the, the building of safety to bring them in. And I think little by little, they did feel safe to come and share how they felt, and then meeting them in humility to begin the conversation of reconciliation, which says, hey, I messed up. I need to ask your apology. I need to apologize to you and ask for your forgiveness before, because if, you know, I think that's the whole thing. You don't get it unless you give it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I want to press into that a little bit more because you guys, you, you nailed it. This idea of emotional safety in a relationship really sets the tone for the direction of the relationship. And so if you're trying to repair and rebuild the wall, um, you know, when we say it, it's sort of like black and white. Okay, we were trying to rebuild safety. Mm. So you apologize and then boom, there's safety and everybody's happy. (laughs) Wrong, right? I mean, that's not reality. Uh, Reality, my guess is, I mean, have that role for you guys. You, you, You do apologize. You do bring it up. That doesn't necessarily mean it helps to create an environment of safety where it's more likely, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they automatically feel that way and can respond in kind. Right. And this is where I would borrow from the Gottman Institute, that trust and safety is rebuilt by by consistent, genuine trust actions of behavior. Mm -hmm. It is not done overnight. Mm -hmm. It is consistent behaviors that's trustworthy. And that... That's that's an endurance test. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say the same thing. my <laughs> mighty. But also I would add to that in little steps. It doesn't have to be big things. Hmm. It's those little things where that connection, those sinews of trust are built on the day to day. I'm keeping my word. I'm, you know, giving you positive feedback and yeah. compliments. I'm your biggest fan kind of thing. It doesn't have to be a big ordeal but those little things over time really pay off they're grounded in love they're grounded in trustworthiness and that's something we are so that you can rely upon us and Mm -hmm. who who really who really benefits we do because they grow up and move away (laughs) Mm -hmm. but then they come back (laughs) yeah "Uh, okay (laughs) funny Uh, how that works yeah (laughs) yeah and then and then now what do we do because we've built this this wall of, of our family even though we rebuilt it out of busted, broken, bruised, beat up, burnt, you know, mm. debris. But that's exactly what God specializes in. But you got to get along on his program, not your own, which is you got to learn how to be humble. Mm. And that that's I mean, when God's speaking to you, he'll he'll yell at you if he needs to. through <laughs> affliction. Yeah, because it's really about, you know, the character. Anyhow, I'll, I'll start preaching. On oh, no, no, that's good. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, that's very, very important. Okay, I'm wondering about your goal in having the renewal. Uh, you know, what what you were thinking you were going to accomplish by doing that. And I'm also wondering if somebody's listening and they're thinking, yeah, we're still in the rebuilding process. Maybe we should have a renewal to rebuild. Mm-hmm. What would you say to that? So what was your goal? And then how would you react to that? I probably wouldn't do it too soon. Mm-hmm. Because then it's okay. going to feel forced and won't okay. be real. Yeah, don't rush the field. Okay. You and, might have good information, but don't rush the field. Yeah. Let God get hearts in the right place. Okay. Yeah, I think that's good. You know, that reminds me, uh, uh, weddings are the culmination of dating and an engagement. You don't have a wedding to fall in love with somebody. <laughs> I mean, I realize yeah. in some cultures they do, but uh, most people want to do all that work on the front end. And then the wedding's the culmination of that falling in love, developing a dream with one another. So likewise, I hear you guys saying, no, don't have a vow renewal because you think it's going to magically move the family past a stuck point into something really good. Right. Because with that, I would say that the focus of the renewal was not the kids. It was us. Mm, Okay. Yeah. They, They were actually being affirmed as I would, you know, in wedding vows that I've conducted as an officiant, I, I, I bring up this concept of the children, especially in blended families that are remarriages, because I do a few of those. Mm-hmm. And there's one thing that I put in the vows for couples that are going to be remarried is that the children can stand in the shade of our love. Mm-hmm. It casts a shadow upon them that brings them shade. Because if our love's not intact, if it's not genuine, there's no shade. It, they're going to be out in the cold. They're going to be out in the heat. Yeah. And that's that place to where, mm-hmm. no, I know that we're solid. And so I, I think there's one of the of the emails that we got from one of the kids that were actually used as part of the vows. And maybe it would be appropriate to share it right here. I think it would be a good one. Well, and to let the viewers know, we we I thought this was pretty bold of us. <laughs> <laughs> We asked our friend who is a pastor who renewed our vows for us to um, email all of our kids and whoever wanted to uh, give their thoughts of what our marriage meant to them and our family over the last 20 years. Yeah. And like, like we say, we're not going to read them. It's all anonymous and it's The emails were going right to our friend. And um, he wove he wove them into our renewal vows as a gift of words to us. So we had no idea who said what. But they knew. Yeah, they gotcha. knew who said what. But then we yeah. got the back information anyway. So yeah, yeah everybody yeah. remains yeah. in the will, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Very important to know that. Okay, so let's hear some of their thoughts. Number one. Um, okay, so this one says, um, my mom and Gil's marriage is a testament to the redemption work of God's grace. Mm. Although neither of them likely anticipated the path their journey took, the strength, grace, and joy exemplified along the way has paved the way for many more to follow. The only thing I love more than their story is the story they are in the midst of writing with our kids, our grandkids. Their love, prayers, and encouragement of both us and them is regularly needed and appreciated. Hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that feeds your soul right there, doesn't it? Yeah, and we had no idea what kind of impact. Go to the next one. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll read it because I know you won't be able to get through okay, this one. On, All right, go. so uh, getting to witness that their relationship so for so many years has impacted my marriage 
in more ways than I could say, and it is more ways than I probably even know. What's beautiful is, is it was messy and far from perfect. <laughs> God bless this kid. He's true, <laughs> especially early on. And this is where I would just bite my lip and go, mm -hmm, especially with you. <laughs> uh, um, but early on, it wasn't perfect. And yet God was good in bringing healing and wholeness. My mom mm. and Gil gave, gave us a taste of God's love for us and how they have continued to pursue each other and have continued to pursue making our family as healthy as it can be. Wow. They have been many hard seasons and they are far from perfect, yet they have faithfully sought to love each other, God and us at all times. If my marriage could have an ounce of the way they pursue each other and us, I know I'm on the right track. Lastly, something that always comes to my mind when I think about their marriage is how Gil serves my mom. This is one of the most direct influences in my marriage and how I take such a servant's heart approach to my marriage. This reflects Jesus as he came to serve us by laying down his life for his enemies. And I will be ever grateful to Gil for that. During our wedding, I actually, part of our vows was I had a basin of water and some really smelly perfume and all that. The and first wedding. The very first for us. <laughs> and I actually washed Brenda's feet as part of the marriage ceremony. And while Brenda sat there, her sons observed that. And to hear this from one of my stepsons, that was how I started to love their mom mm -hmm. and just tried my best to continue on with that. So to hear him say that was pretty cool. What well, I and this just goes to show, too, you know, old statistics where the kids from divorced families have this view of, marriage that could be really negative and i think that's why our focus when we work with couples is the strength of the marriage will positively impact their kids yes mm -hmm. and for them to have the marriage we have and to see that in writing is really kind of right. cool <laughs> we have we have two more and are we some of these more. i know our listeners are probably wondering are some of these from the four who didn't show up at the original wedding these next two are the, the first two were from brenda's and then the next two are 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 my guys um, <laughs> and this is, this is from one of them who said better late than never. <laughs> so some words as we approach, uh, the renewal, two things I've learned from dad and Brenda by observation and reflection, dad guards our heritage with pride and encourages us toward valiance regarding our legacy. If it were to be given words, it would be something like this. Always keep your Royal Stuart flashes on your hose, regardless of their visibility. <laughs> I've seen compassion for people in Brenda that quiets my heart to empathy. Hmm. I did not know in my younger years. It motivates me to embrace the world and all the people in it with love. And, and, and that's first and foremost. And so this one was the fact that that he's making this comment was the empathy that he had with Brenda. And this is where I would tell couples, you don't have any idea how your small gestures are impacting your kids. Even, even when they're older than you think that they're not observing, mm -hmm. they are observing and your little, your little gestures of empathy and love are like seeds and they will come back if you keep to watering them. 
So it's kind of like, you know, that quieting his heart because he hadn't received that as he needed in his younger years for a lot of reasons. This last here's, one. Here's a guy who's 40 now. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. And when we were married, you know, he was older. So it's not like he lived with us. So the times that we had the time to connect were very few and far between. Right. And yet so, he still saw all that. He still, he still felt it. Away. Yeah. It's like you, you, you just, those little touches that mm -hmm. is so important. So let's read the last one. <laughs> this is hard. You know, it, it's, it's hard and it's good because basically it says, this is Gil and Brenda's kid. Hmm. And I apologize okay, for really being late for her to say not this is Gil's daughter, but Gil and Brenda's daughter. I mean, I'm hearing there's a there's a big heart change that has taken place over the years yeah. for her and to I be able to say that. Fine. Yeah, I would have been yeah. fine if she said this is Gil's daughter. That's mm -hmm. totally. But for both of our names to be in there, mm. yeah, that's what I call the little wins that we mm. need to look for. Yeah. Right? Yes. And that that took 20 years. <laughs> and it's, it's again part of things that you probably you know talk about you know on your podcast with many people is what 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 do you want your stepkids to call you or what do you want them to call you or us mm -hmm. to call them and at this stage 20 years later she's saying i'm your daughter mm -hmm. it's like wow mm -hmm. so you know it's kind of interesting because she goes on and says and she's now married and she says my husband and i you know finally got this email together and apologized for it but anyhow dad and brenda have influenced us in our marriage to always have open communication and to keep our relationship playful. We have observed and been motivated by dad and Brenda that communication is a key point in a healthy and successful marriage. My husband and I have deeply rooted the importance of communication in our relationship, no matter how easy or challenging the subject might be. A key pillar in our relationship since day one is to communication is key. Denbrenna have also been a great influence of exhibiting the importance of feeling comfortable of being your own weird self with your <laughs> significant other. We all know dad is kind of goofy. <laughs> Thanks, sweetheart. And, and I love and I and and I love to see how Brenda, mom, again, mom is put mm. in parentheses, mm. embraces that tr true side of dad for his big heart and goofiness <laughs> appreciating your significant other's weird quirks as well as their unique personality traits is important to fully understand and love your spouse as their true self <laughs> she went on and kind of had a little a little poem which um in in some cases was eh, a little raw but the point that she was able to share something that was really dear to her heart um again, just was just the significance of redemption um, for both of us. And affirmation. It's like, have we made any difference in these kids' lives? And it was like, we think we did, but to hear even, you know, four of them out of the seven email back, those precious words, it's just like, yeah. okay, we're on the right track. Yeah. <laughs> Still and learning. and Still really learning. It, the whole, the whole story is, you know, a testimony to faithfulness, trustworthiness, and persistence. You know, those are big themes that we talk about a lot around here. Staying with it, continuing on the path, mm 
doing what you can do, feeling like you're not really make, getting anywhere, not making a lot of progress, and yet so at some point it all sort of adds up to something. And you, you look around and you go, wow, look where we are now. Uh, okay, so I'm just curious. You're a few months out from this 20th vow renewal. And by the way, the pictures on Facebook were awesome. <laughs> Love seeing all the men in kilts. Just, you right. know, that's a manly man right there. <laughs> we can do that. Yeah. Um, so what perspective would you have on it? What what lessons learned or takeaways do you have on your own vow renewal ceremony? I think it was just as exciting moving up toward the event and the, then the event itself, because you know, like all the girls were on a text thread and they named it vow renewal with a dress and, you know, a ring and everything. And just to see the girls, cause all of my girls are all so different, huh. but they're perfect for the men they married. Right? Our sons. Yeah. So for, to, for me to see them all talking, what are you wearing? What are the girls wearing? What, you know, all this kind of stuff was just warm my heart. And that to me, if we never even had a ceremony, that was a gift to me. That was just amazing. Yeah, because one of the daughter-in-laws actually said the wedding. We were just like yeah. renewal vow, but she called it a wedding. So <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. I like it. I'd marry you again. <laughs> <laughs> so as a as a as a woman to be connected, because you know, I have three boys. I don't have daughters. So it's sometimes honestly hard for me to know how to connect with them because mm. I'm not a girly mom. I'm a boy mom. And that's something I'm still learning, you know. So to be part of that and see their excitement was just awesome. Well, I, I remember Brenda sharing that, you know, she had envisioned what it would be like when all the girls are getting into their dresses <laughs> and the guys are over getting their kilts on. And she was like, they're going to help me with my hair and my makeup. Well, here they're chasing their children. So, you know, they're they're just crazy. But it but was mayhem. It was it mayhem. Was <laughs> but Brenda kind of stepped aside into a kind of a quieter space. And then my daughter followed her in and helped her with her makeup and her hair. So it was she a, dressed me. So, wow. it was, so it was just such a again, a moment of redemption that was yeah. so not planned, yeah. but just show up and enjoy. But I think as I <laughs> As I look back on it now, post-renewal, here we are, you know, a few months later, just the enjoyment, as I reflect back on it, yeah, they were all together. They still kind of, you know, spin off to the separate clans from their side and our side, but then for them to all be together, enjoy the moment and uh, connect uh, and, and the anticipation that came, but everyone's reflection on it was, yeah, that was such a really fun time. We're mm -hmm. glad we came. We're glad it came together. And just the beauty of, of, uh, the closeness and, and really the love and appreciation that they have for one another. And they're not, they're not like all best friends, but the fact that they really do love and care for each other and connect outside of, you know, talking to us, uh, that that's a reward that, it, it, it just, you can't buy it with money. It just, you can't. Mm, it's good stuff. Well, guys, you, you know that I've said for years, uh, I've joked that their <laughs> blended family couples do have a honeymoon. It just comes at the end of the journey and not at the beginning. And I think this story uh, really shows that it's the journey to, and it just happened to culminate in a vow renewal ceremony. And um, so what a great, great testimony. And thank you so much for sharing it with us. Yeah. That's why we say if you ain't got the marriage. You ain't got nothing. <laughs> let that go by. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Great to have you with us today. Thank you. 
If you want to know more about Gil and Brenda and their ministry, go to the show notes. You can get connected. If you have a question, you can find information there about how you can tell us about your question or an idea for a future podcast. We're always listening. If you didn't know, Family Life Blended and Family Life is a donor-supported ministry. You can make a tax-deductible donation. Some people do that just to say thank you for the podcast. Some people donate just to help us reach other people. Again, look in the show notes if you want to know how you can go about doing that. We love hearing from our listeners. We heard from Carla, who's watching on YouTube. She said, I didn't grow up in a blended family, but I married a man with two kids. Now we have a five-year-old together. It has been tough, she says, being a stepmother and a mother. My husband and I are learning our roles and how to parent in a blender. Yep, that's exactly what you're learning. And we're honored to be able to help with that a little bit. Another listener posted on Facebook. Great episode I've shared with a few couples and on my Facebook pages. Ron and Family Life Blended, thanks for all you continue to do. That's a pretty good idea. Help somebody else. Help somebody find us by sharing the episode with a friend or posting on social media. We appreciate you doing that. Okay, next time, I'm going to be talking with authors Moen Page Becknell about the ghost of marriage past. That's next time on Family Life Blended. I'm Ron Deal. I appreciate you listening. Family Life Blended is produced by Marcus Holt and Josh Batson. Our mastering engineer is Jarrett Roski. Our project coordinator is Anne Ancaro. And our theme music composed and performed by Braden Deal. Family Life Blended is part of the Family Life Podcast Network, helping you pursue the relationships that matter most.